All right, everyone. We're at another Wisconsin Drunken History today. And as always, at the top of the show, we wanted to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. We have my cousin Eric Sari still, Andy Herbrandt, and of course, Lauren L. We thank you for everything and uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. Eric, cue up that music. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. Uh, We, of course, are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we are talking about the draft riots that occurred here in the state of Wisconsin during the outbreak of the Civil War. Uh, We also have great Wisconsin music from Devil's Teeth. We have another brew review an addition of how many locos you at, as well as great interview, a great interview with some nerve brewing. Uh, and as always, uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, share, like, all that sort of stuff to, to help us uh, get a, a little bit more exposure uh, and to kind of get ourselves a little bit more ahead in this podcast game. We're doing great so far, and we, we really thank everyone for all of your continued support. And, uh, hey, you know, the fight isn't over. We still need uh, still need a little bit more of that like and review and stuff for the algorithm. So, yeah. Um, if you love the show, uh, remember that you can also stop by our website or you can go to T Public and uh, you can get some awesome gear, uh, some really cool stuff, especially now that it's summer. Uh, I think there's uh, some towels, maybe, and some sleeveless tees, sleeveless tees, oh, tanks, yeah. tanks, baby. Yeah, baby. Way trash it up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally don't wear a tank top, but that's because I'm trying to look out for everybody else. <laughs> Not because I have massive guns, it's because I have a massive gut. Yeah, I feel you. I got a beer guy myself. Yeah. So, uh, again, our website is wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Links to everything on there. You can listen to uh, episodes in the uh, blog format there. Uh, Really great stuff. So we encourage everybody to go visit the website if you haven't. Uh, And uh, thanks for continued uh, listening and, and all of our new listeners as well. Uh, if this is your first time listening, let us know. Uh, we've had a lot of individuals reach out to us recently uh, with more loco articles and bands to to use in future episodes. It's been yeah. great. I love yeah, it. We love so, the response, which is nice. So yeah, and we have uh, some really really great listeners that that span even outside the reach of the United States. We've got Norwegian, uh, Canadian, Australian, and German listeners. So. Uh, we really do appreciate uh, all of you and, and everything that you do uh, because it really does help give us that. Uh, yeah, book. and I, ju- I just wanted to say something about the Apple podcast, too. You know, I, I love all the reviews coming in. We've had a couple negative ones. And, you know, we're just curious, like, if, if you're going to give us a one star, that's great. Whatever, you know. But can well, right. you let us know what we're doing or what we could do to make the show better? That's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. You know, I I know we make some jokes about fibs in Illinois, so I'm guessing yeah. that's part of it. But, you know, it's just a joke. 
I mean, if you can't take a joke, then I don't, you know, well, it's, I mean, it's all in fun. There are friendly Illinois brothers. Yeah, yeah, sure, Eric, but... <laughs> hey, I, I encourage them to continue to bring their hard-earned money across the state lines and yeah. support our parks and stuff. Just don't trash them. That's, yeah. that's the only thing we say. So, uh, honestly, again, we just really appreciate uh, uh, everyone, and uh, we, we really would love to hear if you have any... Uh, any sort of uh, review that goes beyond uh, just "Hey, nice job" or "Really cool podcast." Yeah, so, and I'm hoping to get back to maybe re- like reading some of the reviews at the end of the show. Maybe today we'll do one and just kind of go over it if that's yeah. right. So yeah, all right. Well, let's jump right in. This is the uh, the the main segment here on the Civil War draft riots. Yeah, so maybe some of you haven't heard about this, but this was an event that occurred um, up up kind of by Port Washington, Milwaukee area. Um, it is the draft riots. And as a civil war started to break out in the United States, Wisconsin was among the most loyal Union allies supplying many of the troops. Thanks to what we discussed um, on our Republican episode, here amongst the citizens, Wisconsin, we highly oppose slavery, and many were willing to fight and die to protect this freedom. Um, it wasn't only you know African Americans, but there was also sharecroppers, uh, Irish that were forced labor, and nobody wanted this anymore. Right. The first call for troops went over well, and many were enthusiastic and willing to fight against the un- with 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 the Union Ar- with the Union Army, and specifically their uh, call to allow slavery to continue. You know, they they didn't like anything that was going on down south. And these people were willing, and many of them volunteered in the first round. The war would pose to be uh, very deadly as in, in slavery to continue. In, as slavery continued, more and more people would come in this first wave. And uh, many, many of the people did lose their lives in this first wave and be, came home beaten and battered, which everyone could see, and it was right. on display. And due to the large number of casualties in the horror of war, a call for more Wisconsin enthusiasm started to dip and you can you sure. can understand why i mean missing legs and, right you, you know, start to see your team losing and you just sort of uh and then you know not just you know losing but like losing their lives and losing limbs yeah. and, and becoming uh you know completely you know uh, uh, their lives are completely changed by these injuries that they're that they're you know sustaining out there and yeah a little funny side story if you ever go up to thunder bay canada you're probably going to meet a lot of people that have roots in Wisconsin because a lot of them to get out of the draft moved to Canada. Thunder yeah. Bay is right over the border there, so you're going to find a lot of Finnish, Norwegian, and German residents that were probably once Wisconsinites. Not everyone, but a yeah, lot of there's them. There's going to be some, yeah. Yeah. And uh, when Lincoln called for an additional 300,000 men to assist the fight in July of 1862, unlike the first wave, many of these people did not want to go. And very minimal people would want it to volunteer at this point. And you, you can't really blame them, you know. And, again, the mass casualties would occur, causing Lincoln in August. And um, the, this time the number would actually only reach 11,804 men. And uh, Wisconsin Governor Solomon at the time would declare that uh, draft was necessary. And this was the boiling point for many who refused. He would hire all the county sheriff's departments to recruit any man between the ages of 18 and 45. And based on this data, Wisconsin could provide 127,894 men who have yet served. Wow. And the drawing round out of, you know, uh, the names would actually occur on November 10th. And due to the last remaining people not wanting to go, nor supporting the President Lincoln at the time, many would fake ailments and reasons why they couldn't serve. And this happens in every war. I mean, look, watch MASH. The one guy who, like, cross-dresses and does whatever he can to get kicked out yep, you know yeah. it happens every time this war nobody to be honest i you know i i love that people are willing to die for my freedom but at the same time i understand not wanting to go oh for sure uh, yeah i i certainly don't blame them 
And you have to remember, a lot of these Wisconsins are made up of majority German population, and many of these men fled German Germany because of the forced draft and military service in their own country. So they're getting pissed off. They're like, hey, I left my own country because of the same reason. Now you're forcing it on me here. Yeah. No way, buddy. And no Wisconsin- way, pal. And like I said, um, you know, a lot of Wisconsinites actually moved or went to Canada, including Thunder Bay and Sault Ste. Marie in the UP area guy. And uh, counties like Fond du Lac, the people who refused are often teased and signs were placed on their home reading Coward's Headquarters. So you can see where this is going and it's going to end on a terrible note, right? Yeah, you know, who were the people putting the signs on the door, the ones that didn't have to go? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, some of them maybe not. Some of them were probably wounded soldiers that are all messed up anyways, you know, they're all screwed up after killing their brothers and stuff in the South, you know. And in Ozaki County, where Lincoln only had 627 votes out of the 2,450 votes, on November 10th of 1862, a mob of 1,000 men, many of them fueled by whiskey and brews, led the charge to recruitment office of Mr. Pores in Port Washington. He and his assistant were dragged out of the office and beaten and tossed down steps. And the men would grab all the drafter paperwork and destroy and burn it. They then proceeded to drag a small four-pound cannon that was used in the 4th of July celebration and loaded it with a ball shot and shot it into Lake Michigan and saying, Uncle Sam, come and find and arrest me. Governor Solomon at the time heard of the news and sent eight companies of Union soldiers to stop the protest and arrest the men. Eight men would be arrested and the rest would flee. Colonel John C. Starkweather would produce calm in the city and the numbers were still drawn while the guardsmen would keep watch for any trouble. Port Washington was actually not the only city to protest against the draft. West Bend also had a breakout of rioting and anger, and another four companies were sent there to calm this breakout in Washington County. Wow. Yeah. And in this case, the the draft manager was beaten bloody and chased from the scene. And uh, many smaller ones throughout Milwaukee and the rest of Wisconsin would occur. But after seeing the severe punishments and martial court trials of those who opposed in federal proceedings in prison, everything's kind of seemed to quiet down, which usually does, right? Well, <laughs> it just, it sucks that, uh, you know, the the war was right here in, in, our, in our own turf between the North and South, and we're having to send, or, well, they had to send, you know, Union soldier companies away from fighting, you know, the enemy to go over to uh, try to control these rioters. Right. And I mean, that just um, that swing could have been enough to, you know, to have the South overtake, you know, and it just it's. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like you said before, like these these people were coming home. I mean, news didn't travel as fast as it did today. It could take four to five days to get to something. And the Union always put up a pretty damn good fight and they were always kind of winning. They had a lot of soldiers because we have New York, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of the patriotic uh, New England states with tons of population. But Wisconsin always maintained its union duty and was even called one of the most union states of the union. Yeah. So, yeah, it just stinks to to see that, you know, they they potentially could have cost them dearly. Oh, yeah. Just just because they were like, I don't want to go. Yeah, exactly. Flee to Canada. I don't know. But that's going to conclude the main segment, and uh, I kind of wanted to apologize to uh, the audience because uh, me and my buddy oh, were yeah. watching. T- so yesterday was uh, the game Bucks, five, game five, yeah. Bucks and the Suns, and uh, we both had a few brewskis and yeah. we're shouting at the top of our lungs here. So yeah, yeah. I and, and a funny story I I told Russ this morning when when we started. Uh, I had gone to the Pfizer Forum for game three and four. Was inside cheering them on. 
uh, did not have a voice uh, for <laughs> a week. And then uh, yesterday before the game, I, I had commented, wow, my voice is back like full strength. Uh, I spoke too soon. Game five was a brutal victory, but still pulled it out. But my voice didn't make it out alive. So uh, these next couple episodes that we are recording today, uh, you're going to notice that. Yeah, <laughs> so we apologize. And luckily we got some hair of the dog. But again, that's going to yeah. conclude our main segment on to the music segment. All right. So again, today, the band that we are featuring is Devil's Teeth. They're of the Milwaukee area. Uh, super Ooh, good. good. Yeah, it's just a, a really different style of of rock it's like more surf uh, and and you like you get a, a a really cool uh vibe from it and, and i can imagine being at one of their shows live you would have no other choice but to you know physically get into it oh yeah it has that like 60s surf rock vibe you know head out to uh, sheboygan and catch some waves out there and crank this sucker sheboygan. up on the beach <laughs> yeah definitely uh the ocean there in sheboygan yeah you can surf there man <laughs> Yeah, hey. you can actually. Hey, yeah. The waves are pretty decent there. It's going to be a little so. cold, but you know. But the the song that we've uh, chosen today is called "Dirty Tricks." It is off an album called "Sukiyaki Hot." I think we're pronouncing that right. I think so. Um, absolutely infectious grooves. Uh, again, this is "Dirty Tricks."
Holy smokes! Was I wasn't good. I wasn't ready for the for that thing at the end. I wasn't either. The, that one more smash. The kids are crying now. The smash yeah. came in. The smash <laughs> came in. They weren't ready for the smash. They're crying back here. Oh, God, they're not going to go to college. <laughs> no, it was um, awesome. It was great. I um, absolutely love that stuff. Uh, in fact, uh, there was a band from Minnesota, and, and I'm blanking on the name. I've showed you the, the stuff before, but um, I was in one of their music videos that they, they happened to be recording at... Uh, one of the live venues in Milwaukee, I think it was at Cactus Club, uh, is super damn close to what these guys are doing. And it, like I said, so infectious, especially when you're there, you are just rocking your face off. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I love it. Dirty Tricks, uh, that was um, uh, such a good song. I just, I, I can't get enough of Devil's Teeth. They are so good. Uh, definitely go and check out the rest of Suki Aki Hot uh, and, and everything else that they have to offer, both on Spotify and, and iTunes as well. So let's check out a beer today, and I believe we're going to make a lot of our southern friends happy, south of the border, that is. Yeah. Um, we yeah. are looking at uh, a new Glarus beer. Yeah, so this one is the cream of the crop, if you will. This is the one that Illinois and many people come to grab. It's the Spotted Cow. Yeah, Blackhawks fans love these. The cow jumping over the state of Wisconsin. You can see it anywhere you go, hey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one is a – it's technically a farmhouse ale saison. I always thought it was a cream ale, which I found out it's not true. Yeah. They consider it a farm ale saison. Yeah. Uh, um, coming in at 4.8% ABV. Um, this one initially, you know, it's golden. It's the gold of the gold around here. You know, you can bring yeah. it to any other state. Even Colorado asked me to bring some. We were out it's, there because they wanted to trade some new uh, Belgium beers. And it's kind of a, a, a hazy, if you will, because it's bottled with um, the the stuff, right? Yeah, there's a, a little least does remain in the bottom of the yeah. bottle. But it does pour a golden color with a little, like a little hint of yeah. the yeast milkiness. Um, it drinks... You know, you're, you're definitely getting that farmhouse ale. For me, there's a little bit of creaminess to it. Yeah. Um, I've had this one multiple times, so I can talk a lot about oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I've had uh, our, my fair share. Uh, I've sipped back a few too many of these with you on a number of occasions. Uh, my wedding, in fact, back in 2019, that was basically like the house beer for the wedding. I mean, we got, you know, a, a bunch of cases of Spotted Cow. Um, and it was, it was a hit, you know? So, yeah, and it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those crisp and clean drinkers. Um, you know, on a summer day, it's easy to drink this one. It's, it's pretty yeah. light, you know, 4.8%. You're a little over your domestics, but it's sure. not like that much different. And, uh, if you go anywhere throughout the state of Wisconsin, like if you go to like a, even a dive bar, now they carry spotted cow, right? Yeah. So on tap and in bottle. And, um, I'll be honest, I, I you know, as much shit as I give, uh, New Glarus Spotted Cow, um, it, it's a solid beer. It is a I solid just, beer. It's just it's more of the stigmatism around it. You know, it, like, it got hyped up so much uh, that you know when I when I finally had turned twenty one and uh, you could order a beer at a bar, uh, it just it it had kind of lost some of its uh, steam. And you know, like you said, uh, individuals love this beer so much. And we get to have it whenever we want. They do not. That's true. So that's the part that we have to kind of keep in yeah, mind. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm taking a step back here. But again, this one has like a little bit of a like um, cereal grainness to it. A little bit of creaminess, even though it is a, a Saison technically. So may, there may be a little sour element. I don't really get that too much. I'm no. getting more of the creaminess, the cereal, like the maltiness of it. You're getting that flaked barley coming through. 
um, just really good. You're getting maybe a hint of lemon. I'm getting a little bit slight. maybe from that um, hop that they're using. There in definitely it. is that slight citrus, but it's it's so uh, it, it's so subtle that it's it's you know it's. I don't think it's going to be something that a casual drinker is going to be like, oh my god, what is this? You know. And before we conclude our beer review, Illinois. Don't buy it when you just come over the border. Go to Woodman's. You're going to get, say, $5 I was just going to say, yeah, don't, don't hit up a gas station directly over the border. You're going to get killed. Drive, drive five to ten miles in, and you'll find a grocery store or something that has it for even just a little bit less. Yeah, so. I always see these guys come right over. They, go, they stop at, like... um. Some of these gas stations right over the border there. Because you're down in Beloit. Yeah, yeah. So. And I see them come in, and they are like are loading up on Spotted Cow. But I'm telling you, that case you're buying is about five dollars more than oh. if you go to up the road to Walmart or the store. Yeah. You know, it's you're gonna get it a lot cheaper, and uh, just just a little hint for our fib southern neighbors. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Don't be a don't be a wise guy. Hey. Get out there and get it from Woodman's or something. But that's going to conclude the beer review. I hope you guys go and check Spider Cow. You can get it anywhere. Yeah. Even the dive bars have it now. You can go to any store has it. Walmart, Festival, anywhere. The bank. Anything in Wisconsin, the bank has it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, check that one out. Um, yeah. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? That's um, right, folks. It is time again to hear about a numbskull who did a little rascally, <laughs> who did a little rascally stuff here. Holy cow! Yeah. Um. So, this one is uh, from Cross Plains. Uh, the individual, uh, the the Cross Plains man, was arrested after police say. He drove into a building while intoxicated <laughs> on Friday night. Nice. Uh, view too many fish fries uh, for oh, that yeah. guy. Uh, so Cross Plains Police Department received a call at about 10.15 p.m. about a car crashing into a restaurant on the 1200 block of Main Street. Uh, Cross Plains Fire Department and police arrived, saw the damage uh, to Coach's Club building and fencing. Oof. Uh, police say that the, uh, that, that a bunch of witnesses had seen a car hit the building and then take off, which I mean, he must've been Not driving good. a fucking semi truck if he just drove off. Uh, according to the department, they used the description of the car and assistance from Dane County, uh, deputies to find a vehicle matching that description with heavy damage, uh, yeah, just yeah. a few heavy blocks damage. away. Okay. Heavy damage. Uh, that's some heavy damage. That's a new band name. Heavy damage. Heavy damage. <laughs> the, uh, the police chief uh, who goes by Tony Aruzga, he said that the driver was not with the car, but was later found. Uh, uh, he's 57. Uh, he was arrested. Uh, we don't have a whole lot else. Oh, it's his eighth offense. Because he was arrested, he was after arrested after the fact. So we don't have a lot of the breathalyzer. I'm guessing. I'm sure, yeah. And I don't know if it doesn't say when they found him. Like how much longer after the uh, accident? So we don't know how did he got the DUI or his blood alcohol. But we do have age. We've got the crazy story here. We got the building destroyed. Yeah, the history. Heavy damage. Heavy damage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The new metal band. Fifty-seven years old. Eighth offense. uh, Heavy damage. Smashed. Smashed into a building. Drove off. 
You know, he went to a fish fry and skipped the fish. Oh, yeah. He went right to the liquor, baby. Don't put the beer in the batter. Just put it in my gut. Yeah. All right? You know how I told you guys to avoid fries in their fish fry episode? Don't yeah. avoid the fries if you're going to be drinking this heavy. Not if you... Soak up that soak yeah. up that liquor. If you're in this guy's position... You're going to want a, a mean helping of potato pancakes and uh, corn fritters because this... I, I I don't know. I don't. I don't think Coach's Club appreciates what he did to their business. I know he's trying to remodel for him. Yeah, but uh, he did a bit. not a good idea to. Yeah, not a good idea to take on uh, remodeling projects after you've had way too many. Hey, this pole barn could use a hole in the front. Let's <laughs> yeah. throw it in. Let's put a porch on for this guy. That's not a big enough entrance. We need a car size hole. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Uh, so I, I guess I, I have a number. Um, I mean, you know, we don't have enough here, though. It's really hard. Be, it's yeah. a hard one for me because I don't even know. I mean, the guy hit a building. <clears throat> you know, it, it's probably going to be. I, I got. I think I got a number here. Yeah. I think I got one. I have so. one, but I, I, you know, again, how accurate it's, or how close it'll that, be. It's, I, it I might know. be far off because there's not a lot of yeah. info here. So yeah, we'll have to call him up. You know, and, and find out exactly hey, what the details are. How drunk were. were you, bud? Hey, come on. How many locos did you have, bud? Uh, all right. On three, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, shout our numbers out and see where we go. One, two, three, 12. 14. All right. I was going 14. So we're in the, we're in the neighborhood. We're, we're going to the, the unlucky 13 loco. Yeah, I, think. Dude, so I think we have to. He's the unlucky yeah, 13 loco. Yeah. He saw a black cat. He walked under a ladder. He did all the things. Smash through a building. Smash through a mirror in the building. So, and he uh, actually, yeah. you know, you, the good thing is he did open up the building so they could install a porch, right? So they, he saved some demolition fees, right? Right. I mean, uh, hey, and insurance is going to cover this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, not not every not everything is a, a total loss, and uh, the article did mention that nobody was injured. So uh, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. All right, today I'm here with Bill and Jessica from Some Nerve Brewing. How are you guys doing today? Yeah. Doing great. Awesome. And yeah, so we just wanted to find out, um, can we get a little history on Some Nerve? Um, I wanted to know about the name and uh, how you guys got started in the brewing industry. Um, well, we started out as brewery tourists, um, going around to different breweries in Wisconsin, learning how beer is made. I kind of got the bug first as far as home brewing. Um, Bill came on board as i told him uh he could, he could i told him he could name some beers so that was it um we very quickly got obsessed with with brewing we were brewing every week for a while trying new recipes and at one point i think we were sitting on about 40 cases of homebrew mm-hmm. and then it was about time we decided we better start selling this stuff because we can't drink it fast enough ourselves <laughs> oh man i know i know how that goes sometimes you got uh 10 gallons sitting in there and you're like oh i don't know if i should uh stoop to this level but yeah, the big issue for us was always that we like to go out. So we get up Sunday morning, brew a batch of beer, run home, shower, then we go out and drink some other, go to some other brewery and drink somebody else's beer. And ours wasn't getting drank up as much as it should be. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Awesome. And then how how did the name Some Nerve come about? I love the name. I just wonder where you guys got it from. That came about, I mean, when we first started seriously considering opening a brewery, we, we went through a bunch of names, like like you do. Um, we were just, we could never really land on one that fit. We were just out walking the dog one day, and as a joke, I said to Bill, well, we could call it Some Nerve Brewing, because then you could answer the phone, you've got some nerve. And <laughs> That's awesome. It stuck. It stuck. <laughs> so I was going to ask, too, is there any new brews we need to check out? I know one of my favorite is Cherry Kramer, uh, but is there any more you recommend to the listeners? 
Um, right now, we just put on our uh, uh, mango wheat. It's called Scaramouche, Scaramouche. And you'd be surprised how many people apparently have never listened to Queen because they can't pronounce Scaramouche, Scaramouche. <laughs> but uh, uh, that just went on earlier this week. Um, we've got our, our uh, amber. It's just a straight-up American amber, but with some uh, molasses in it. That'll be going on maybe today, otherwise next week. And then we're really excited um, on Tuesday of the next week, we are going to be brewing what's going to be our 100th batch overall, our 40th individual beer, and it's going to be a hazy IPA, which will be the first time we've done one of those. Oh, I love hazies. It's kind of like the, you know, it was the trend, and it's still kind of trending a little bit. I know it seems like the like the slushy, I, like the slushy IPAs. I'm just, you know, I'm, I just can't get down with them. I'm still into the hazies myself, so that's awesome. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, um, we had we had avoided doing a hazy for a long time because we try try to avoid trendy stuff, but they seem to be sticking around and beginning, and we get asked for them a lot. So we finally decided, eh, it's about time. Yeah, I, I know it's it seems like it's kind of a, a trend that's not going to go away. And uh, I, I, you know what, they're still one of my favorite beers. Honestly, they're like they're good, and and I like them too because you have to, you know, they're they're a little cloudier, so you don't have to like filter them out as much. I kind of like the the cloudiness and the little extra malt you get in your sip. Yeah, as long, if you can get away with the, the murky look as, as part of a, a, a style thing, then it's all good. It yeah. makes it easier. It's a yeah. yeah, it takes a little extra work to get them clear. But uh, I think that it's also a nice thing about Hazy is it's, I think it's, if people give it a chance, I think it's going to have more appeal for the masses because they're not as bitter as regular IPAs. It's just got the hop flavors and aromas, but if done correctly the way they were intended, they aren't going to be as bitter. Yeah, and, and I know, you know, you guys got, like, the prime location, too, like, right by Little Bohemia there, you know, where the John Dillinger shootout happened. That's It's just an awesome yeah. location. Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a deciding factor because, yeah, I'm very much a student of Wisconsin history, and I'm very into all that gangster stuff. And uh, one of the first times I ever came up here to the Northwoods, I was riding up here with some guys, and it was actually Sunday morning. We were riding home at, like, 6 in the morning. We happened to be driving by Little Bohemia, and, the guy was driving and says, wait a minute, I just got to stop here and go check this place out. And he gets out of the car. It was like the dead of winter. And, he could, and, that, and the place, of course, the place was closed. But he gets out of the car. He's like kind of looking at the place, starts running across the parking lot, pretending he's shooting a machine gun and <laughs> acting like an idiot, basically. But, uh, yeah, it's been stuck in my heart ever since. Yes, and so you guys are up in the Northwoods. Um, is it? Can you ride your snowmobile on in if you want to in the wintertime? Yeah, the, the snowmobile trail goes right to our parking lot. Oh, that's amazing. I know. Uh, Although we don't have one. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't sled ourselves, but we love having sledders in. So. Yeah. Awesome. And then, yeah, I was going to ask, too, um, I know COVID's kind of going away now. And uh, do you guys have any events planned coming up here that we need to go check out? Um, not on not our own. We really don't do much of that kind of stuff other than we usually have a birthday party. And uh, actually, we just had a few weeks ago, we had our three-year anniversary. And we'll usually do a little Christmas party. But uh, we do have um, the uh, – we're in cranberry country up here, and in – I believe it's early October is the big Cranorama celebration here, which is kind of a harvest festival, and there's a uh, – we'll be pouring beer at a, a, an event for that. And other than that, uh, yeah, it's just a standard come up north and enjoy the sun and the – in the lakes and drink some beer yeah that's that's awesome and I, I know you guys have made the move from what new glarus all the way up there uh that was the had to have been a hefty move yeah <laughs> it was sort of i mean it, it was 
was it was tricky moving because we actually moved on Christmas Day of yeah. 2017. Wouldn't recommend it. No. And the, the day after the day after Christmas, it it was 20 below zero, and it stayed that way for three weeks, yeah. and that was that was fun. So we were glad we got it out of the way instead of waiting one more day until it was 20 below. Right. Oh yeah. You know, and that's like that's like every Wisconsin dream too. You know, you're not only brewing beer, but you're living in the Northwoods. I know someday that's what I'm hoping to do as an outdoorsman and a beer lover and. You know, just all things Wisconsin. I, I'd love to move up there someday. So uh, I'm, I'm, I love what you guys are doing, and uh, keep doing it. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah, it's the best of all worlds up here. Yeah, I know. It's just so much more laid back, and I, I, that's just kind of how I am. I know I've, I'm kind of a suit dummy when I have to work. You know, and one of these right. days, I mean, outside of work, that's not who I am. You know, I love fishing, hunting, camping, outdoors. You know, I love beer. So <laughs> that's my, that's my goal. So yeah. Jessica still has her day job, which is kind of in the corporate world. She works, she works for UW hospitals, but she's working remotely, so she could still go to work in sweatpants if she wants. Oh, that's nice. You can't beat that. Yeah. So, no. all right. So I, before we let you go, I got a few questions for both of you to find out how Wisconsin are you? Uh, are you guys ready to participate in this one? Sure. All right. So have either of you been to Summerfest? Um, and was there a favorite band or a memorable band you've seen? Oh, I, Jessica is not. I have been a couple times. Um, boy, I, I, I saw Dennis DeYoung at Summerfest, which was actually pretty cool. I, was, I grew up a huge Styx fan, and I uh, um, was with all my buddies. And it was a, it was a really odd show because I don't, if anyone's seen Dennis DeYoung these days, he looks like Tony Bennett now. And but uh, <laughs> he sounded great. But uh, Actually, I have some nightmares about Summerfest because I got stranded there one time. <laughs> Went over with a van full of buddies, and uh, I managed to get separated and wandering around downtown Milwaukee. And apparently, they were wandering around too, screaming my name, but they never found me. So eventually, I had to call my wife, who had to drive all the way over from New Glarus, this was my oh. previous life, and, and pick me up. That's like so, the drive uh, of shame. <laughs> exactly. That's very the worst. much so. I was <laughs> a little terrified of Summerfest. <laughs> And so the, the next question I got, this is the one I was like highly anticipating um, for beer brats. Um, do you have a some nerve beer you recommend using in them? Oh, boy. Okay, see, I'm very biased on this because I used to be in the sausage business for 36 years. And in my opinion, if you have to put the beer, I'm sorry, if you have to put the brats in beer, the brat wasn't made right in the first place. You bought the wrong damn brats. I like that answer. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I, I know we always try to look for like a uh, flavor, and it always seems like the ambers and the lagers seem to be the ones to use. And uh, I, I could see that. Yeah, something with some flavor to it. Not you know, everyone always goes for the, uh, the you know Miller Light or whatever, and it's like, well, you're already cooking it in water why do you want to just add more water to it so. yeah no that's exactly it too and it's always like the cheap beer pbr or something but lately i've yeah. been trying to like branch out and try something new you know it's like i can't use cheap mm -hmm. beer in brats that are supposed to be perfect in in general and then you're putting a crappy beer in there so, <laughs> yeah. so basically if you have a some nerve beer in your hand that you're sipping on while you're grilling a brat you're doing it right yeah that's the way to do it don't put it in the brat put it in your mouth that's what i'm saying and then, so the next one I got, it's it's kind of a funny one, but do you guys have a, a Quick Trip Rewards card? We do. We but, never use it. Yeah, we <laughs> we used it for a while, and then we kind of stopped using it because we never cashed in the rewards. So eventually <laughs> kind of got to the point like, eh, I just want to get in and get out. <laughs> yeah. And so a little bit of a Northwoods one for you. Um, have you ever seen a black bear up there? 
Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Just last week in our backyard at the brewery. Yes. <laughs> oh, no way. Anyway, we have a big picture window behind the bar, and we always have a bunch of bird feeders out there. It's a nice thing for people to sit and enjoy their beer. They can sit and watch the birds. Well, that jerk came in last week several times in a row and started tearing up all our bird feeders. So right now the bird feeders are down, and uh, we have uh, um, I'm waiting another week or so before we put the feeders back up. But, yeah, if people go on our Facebook page. I, I think I posted a picture or a video or two of that. So He's just coming in smelling that mulch or looking for a couple brewskis. Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I think he was attracted by our dumpster too. So hopefully he's, uh, which was empty yesterday. So hopefully he's, uh, <laughs> hopefully he's moved on. Maybe he's, hopefully he's down looking, sniffing around little Bohemia instead. Yeah, exactly. And that's the next question, actually. Uh, supper clubs. Do you do you both have a favorite? Oh man. Oh boy. Um, anglers. Oh yeah. In Manitowoc Waters, never had a bad meal there. Fantastic. Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou is uh, great. Uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Um, um, we're more into like the mom and pop pizza places, yeah, I guess. Yeah, dive, dive bars, bars and that kind of thing, yeah. But, but there's yeah, almost... so many cool places up here to check out. Yes. Awesome. And then another Northwoods one I have, and I kind of tailored this to you guys. Um, have you ever had a pasty up in uh, Hurley, Ironwood area? Um, no, we have not. No, everyone, I mean, all our locals are always talking about it. There's a place in... Uh, I think it's in Bessemer that's everyone always talks up. So one of these days we're gonna pick one up. Jessica's mom always makes pasties and she sets us up with like a dozen and a half of them and loads our freezer up with them. So awesome. We're yeah, we've got our pasty fix all taken care of there. Yeah, they're they're you know it's like one of those things you gotta try at least a couple times in your life. I know my parents. We're from the Hurley area. The, my parents were so they'd go up there and make trips and make bring boxes home with them and it's like a. Yeah cheap snack for the kids so there you go <laughs> we gotta try that because we're uh i'm told that apparently pasties are very regional like like a mineral point pasty is very different from a, a hurley or bessemer pasty so uh and i assume different from a baraboo pasty which is where jessica's mom is from so uh we'll have to try the the hurley one once to see what the difference is yeah they're they're pretty tasty um and yes, then sir. So I got the next one. I got two more for you. Um, have Have either of you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or Badgers game, or all three? Um, I've done Brewers games. Brewers both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think usually when we, if we go to a Packer game, we just go straight to the Stadium View Bar and start drinking. So yeah, <laughs> you can't drink it. You can't drink at Lambo. It costs too damn much. That's just a, you know it, I can't usually afford the ticket. So usually what I'll go is one of the small breweries around there, like Title Town or something, and just drink there and watch yeah, the game. Because I can't afford the yeah. games, you know. <laughs> right, right. So we have this. We have this grand scheme that someday we're going to head down to Green Bay during an away game, just go watch that Stadium View Bar. I bet. I bet that's going to be almost as fun as going to Lambo. I bet, and I mean, you know, the, the problem is sometimes you go and tailgate and you can't make it into the game anyway. So you know, if you're tailgating yeah. at the Packers game, it's not so bad to pass out in the back of your truck and. There you <laughs> so, go. All right, so the last one, and I know this one's going to be uh, highly anticipated because I know you've been on a lot of brewery tours and uh, a lot of breweries around the state. Besides some nerve, is there a recommended brewery <laughs> that you recommend our listeners go and check out? And this has to be a tough one because I know you've been to hundreds at this point. There's there's so many um, just off the cuff. Um, Anna P. Brewing in Algoma, um, McFleshman's in Appleton, Youngblood in Madison. I love Potosi Brewing. Fifth Ward in Oshkosh is fantastic. Frankly, I mean, we've there are currently 226 breweries. We have been to 206 of them, 
Excuse me. And uh, I mean, there's only like maybe three stinkers out of all the ones we've been to. And I'm not going to name names. Be yeah, cool yeah. About that, but... Of course, we, we have to shout out the locals. Um, oh, Trinity yeah. Brewing, Eagle River. Absolutely. Rocklander Brewing, Rocky Reef and Woodruff. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's great. There's there's so many fantastic breweries in this state. We are very fortunate. It's been a great education for us too. You know, we started out visiting all these breweries, and it's it really informed how we built our business. And yeah. uh, you know, it's been awesome, a great experience. Bill and Jessica, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I, I was highly anticipating this one. We've been drinking a lot of some nerve lately. My buddy went up there, uh, my co-host, and loaded up. So uh, we, 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 we've been anticipating this one, and after you told me you've been to all the breweries, I was anticipating this interview, and uh, I thank you for your time. Thank Thanks you. So for yeah, fun. thank you. Have a good one, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. You, you too. Take all care. right. All right, bye. And before we close the show today, we wanted to actually do a review that came in. Um, the first one we wanted to read was from uh, P. McGavin on uh, Apple Podcast there. Uh, yeah. Um, says, if you want to read it, Eric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, P. McGavin said... Huge love for Wisconsin. What can I say about this podcast? It is amazing. You get a bit of history right here in Wisconsin. Wisconsin music is highlighted. Beer review. Funny news stories of people making hilarious DUI stories. And by far my favorite is hearing about all the local breweries and famous folks right here in our home state. I highly recommend anyone to take a listen. Uh, Sometimes there are things I disagree with. But that makes a good podcast in my eyes. Right on, brother. Yeah, I mean, and I agree too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll read the rest of it here, but it's cool because you kind of play uh, a little bit of devil's advocate, and you can kind of just have a little bit of that yeah. banter yourself. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a few things you might disagree with, but that's what makes a good podcast. Someone from Wisconsin or someone from Illinois and a fib, we do call Wisconsin the National Park of Illinois. Thank you for confirming that. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> As we always go up north in uh, in the summer, I love to hear the history of all the towns and places we visit. Keep doing what you are doing. I love the show. So awesome! Thanks, P. McGavin. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Five we appreciate stars. it. Five stars, great. And yeah, you know, if you want, leave a review, and we're gonna start going through these uh, one per show. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, P. McGavin, and uh, keep on listening. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.